So, 4th of September 2022, another glorious day we get to celebrate that we are alive. And I thank God, just this morning I was thinking of how amazing God is to us, certainly to me, just His love, what He has done, my whole journey, um, just this journey that He's allowed me to have and live. I'm so grateful. If you have your Bibles, we'll continue with the book of Philippians this morning. So take them out, please. And um, we will be looking at Philippians 1, verse 27. Philippians 1, verse 27. And this is what it says. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Last week, we looked at the first part of this particular scripture where it says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Um, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And there's a lot that we learned, lost, that we kind of discussed and understood or tried to understand. But at the end of it all, I mean, this is a long-ish scripture, but we only were able to look at the first phrase, first part. And uh, we ended up asking ourselves, does our life correspond to the gospel? Of course, when we come together, we gather together and uh, we come and hear a, a word from the, the word of God, from the Bible. And I uh, and, uh, trust that if, as we listen, our hearts are open and we get encouraged and somewhat challenged at, at, at some point. If uh, maybe God highlights some things we need to adjust in our lives. Remember, we are redeemed. We are His chosen ones. But every day as Christians, we are being transformed into the image and likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not a magical um, activity that just happens. God presses a button and boom, you have changed. It is a process. It is a journey. You remember we covered or spent quite a bit of time understanding the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and those fruits, you're gonna, you, in our understanding, a, a seed is planted, then the, there's a, it starts to germinate, and then there's a tree, and then over time a fruit is seen. It's not instant. And so it's the same with this gospel, this Christian life that we, that we live. We are saved uh, seed is planted and then something happens we start to grow and then as we grow branches come out and then we start people start to see the fruit that we produce and so we asked ourselves does your life correspond with the gospel that you believe in this first part of this scripture that we uh, spent time looking at last week Paul made the point that there is a correlation between the gospel and how we live. 
It, and I made a, uh, the statement that it's one thing to believe and, and proclaim what we read in the Word of God, yet it's another thing to actually live it out, to actually show it with our actions. And this is what Paul was saying to us. Now, this second part today, um, he amplifies this point. He amplifies this point. You cannot believe, you cannot um, believe in the gospel, but your conduct is not worthy of what you believe. You, your behavior is shaped by what you believe, is what Paul was telling us. Um, and so the, the very, we, we asked or we made the, the statement that um, or Paul was telling the Philippians, his friends, to live a life that matches what they believe. And that's a hard thing to do for us on this earth. It is hard because we are, we are different. We are not like the world. We might look like the world because of uh, how our bodies, we look the same, but we are actually different. We are actually different. Today we will see that Paul here in the later, later part of this uh, scripture tries to encourage his readers, his friends, those in Philippi, the Philippian church, to live a life of unity with each other. So last week he encouraged us, the the church in um, Philippi, that their lives should match what they believe. Today he will encourage us to live a life of unity. Of unity. Paul knew that there was rivalry among the Christians in Rome. This is where uh, he was imprisoned. Paul knows that there's some danger of disunity at Philippi also. Disunity does a lot of damage to the faith of the gospel. Disunity does a lot of damage to the faith of the gospel. We stand for one thing, we believe in one thing, but when we are dis... um, um, disunited when we are not united when we're not united we it brings some sort of division it brings division and we cannot walk together truly like we we ought to because there's division paul was aware of this and then reminds us the most important aspect of the christian life is what faith your very life in the christian walk started by faith you believed without seeing. You believed without knowing. Faith was, was birthed in you. That seed was planted. This faith, trusting God through Jesus Christ in every situation. So I, I, I did a little survey, I think last week or a week before, and I asked, how long have you been saved for? And I think the youngest has been three or five years. More than five years that we've been saved. So I asked this question. Does your Christian life now continue to have faith, trusting God through every part of your life, through every situation you're faced with? Does, is that true for you? And is it true for me? Because this Christian life, as we continue to live it for the glory of God the Father, we need faith. We need faith. When we are trusting for healing upon a brother or a sister or someone, man, you need faith. When medical doctors cannot, cannot um, treat that 
disease. We need faith. We thank God for medical doctors. We thank God for brains and all those things. He's given those to us. But we need faith to continue. We need faith. I hear of, of people wanting or needing faith to relocate, for instance, or get a new building for, for, the, for kingdom's cause or whatever the case might be. We need faith to continue living this life that God has called us to live. The gospel begins with faith, and it, and, and it asks for more faith. So it was in the end, you believed by faith, you're saved. It didn't end there. As you carry on with your, with your Christian life, the, the gospel demands more faith from you. Persistent faith. Faith in every trial and tribulation. How are you when you are facing trials? How are you when you are facing tribulations? Is, is faith found in those circumstances or not? Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest with ourselves. This journey also proclaims or needs to proclaim faith in Jesus as the way of salvation. That's where it started. Faith in Jesus is, is the way it started for salvation. It needs to continue. The faith of the gospel. The faith of the gospel. So Paul continues here. So last week he starts off, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then he continues and says, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs. In verse 26, which we looked at two weeks ago, Paul said that he expected to be released from jail and come to see the Philippian church, to be with them. He expected it. But the fact that he was saying here that uh, I, or I am absent, he showed he was not sure he was going to be released from prison. He wasn't 100% sure. He hoped, and that's how he lived. He was in prison, bound, and he hoped and, and he was trusting that he would be released and go see the, the Philippian church, go see, continue the work of the ministry that God has called him to. But yeah, there's still, like all of us, we believe and we trust for, and we hope for, the, for things to do, for the things that God has said he will do, he will do in our lives. Um, but there's a little bit of something in us that says, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be the case. I don't know. And this was Paul. But nevertheless, in any case, the apostle wanted to hear about the spiritual dynamic of the congregation in Philippa. He wanted to know how they were getting along, how they were doing. And so for us, we trust and have hope in Christ. We pray for certain things and we believe that he, he has said things and he will, those things will happen. The, 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 the old people of faith in the Bible, most of them did not live to see what God said over their lives. Most of them didn't live to see what God had proclaimed will be over their lives. So when God proclaims things in our lives, how are we positioned? How are we positioned? Do we get down cast because it's not coming to pass? Or do we still have faith that what God says he will do, he will do? He who is, um, um, he who started a good work in our lives will bring it to completion. 
He will bring it to completion. I think uh, uh, Linda was saying this morning they went to a, a um, I don't know if I might, they went to a, to a family um, funeral uh, occasion last week and the pastor had a very good analogy uh, and he was saying that um, our journey is like being on a train track and there are different tracks but the destination is the station. So whether you go straight to the station or there's a detour, whatever the case, as long as you're still on the train, you will end up at the destination. And guess what? That is God's job. Because he says it here in Philippians 1 uh, verse 6. He says that he who began a good work in us is faithful and he will continue the work in us until he brings it to completion. Our job is to stay on the train and love each other on the train, encourage each other on the train, pray for one another, walk together so that we get to the destination as he's called us to. Then Paul continues and says that you stand fast in one spirit. This is the first thing he wanted to hear. He longed to hear of stability in their relationship, stability in the Philippian uh, church, people. Remember, church is not a building. It's us, the called out ones, the ones who are set apart. And he wanted to see progress. Spoke about progress last week or the week before. In our relationship, in our walk. The same word crops up again in in, the same uh, chapter, or rather the same book, Philippians 4 verse 1, where he says, So stand fast in the Lord. In that context, Paul was talking about the vision caused by Eurydia and Syntyche. We'll get to that eventually. The reality is, no ministry, we are part of a ministry, no ministry can move forward without stability in relationships. No ministry, in fact, no, nothing, even a marriage cannot move forward without Um, stability in that relationship. It cannot. In fact, governments cannot move forward without stability in their relationships. Any organization cannot move forward, cannot achieve the things that God, or the things that they've set out to achieve if they are not, um, if there's no stability in those relationships. The Philippians needed to hold the ground of harmony in their fellowship. They were to stand fast with each other. This theme of human relationship crops up over and over throughout the epistle. This, unfortunately, is a problem in churches and Christian organizations today. It's a problem in the world where there's a bit of power, man, there's jealousy, and then there's pride, and we just tend to uh, want to pull each other down. But remember, as a church, as a people call that, people set up a part, we are different. We are not to be like the world. We are not to be like governments who are, there's division. Or, I'm looking at teachers here. We're not to be like school um, boards, where there's div- but there's always going to be division. Our call is to be united 
in one cause, in one cause alone, Jesus Christ. Many Christians act as if they have no mutual relationship or responsibility within the body of Christ. We do. We act as though we don't have any responsibility in, in the body of Christ. But as a colony of heaven, the truth is we do. The truth is we do. And I'm speaking to myself. Speaking to myself. It is important that we do, we are united together collectively as a local church. But we need to be somewhat, somehow united collectively as a universal church together because we are moving together. We're moving forward together. If we are not united, there will be, there will be a drag. There will be, it will be harder to move forward. It will be harder to move forward. One spirit in this verse means to fuse and blend a unity of spirit. It is a spirit that gives us a disposition toward unity. Internal rivalries and discontent will weaken the church of Jesus Christ. And I'm highlighting the church of Jesus Christ because we are different. We are not speaking about bodies, you know, governing bodies in schools or trustee memberships in complexes or the government or whatever organizations that we're talking about. I'm talking about the church. The church has to be strong because we have one uh, king that we are representing. We are representing Remember, we are not citizens of this earth. We are citizens of heaven. And so our conduct should be different. Our conduct should be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was aware of this. So he asked that they should, the Philippians church, should stand firm in one spirit. Why should they stand firm? I ask us this morning to stand firm together as you move forward. But why do I ask, why does Paul ask that? Because... They will face criticism. They will face opposition from the world. Who has faced opposition as a Christian now? Who has faced criticism because of what you believe? To the world, or face opposition and criticism from the world, and even from Christians, your fellow friends, your fellow brothers and sisters. This will happen. So Paul asked them, let them hold together as they stand against opposition because the reality is opposition is here to stay we will find oppositions wherever we go they are told to hold together in one spirit with one soul spirit here refers to determination soul refers to human personality the philippians are to act unitedly is that a word, English teacher? Unitedly. <laughs> As if they were um, they, to, act, to act unitedly as if they were one person with one resolve. There's only one purpose. We are focused, we are united to see the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward. It means that they are to be separate from the world but not separate from each other. We as Christians are to be separate from the world, but not separate from each other. And I know it's far easier to be separate from each other, actually. <laughs> it's, 
It is. Why? Because of our human nature. This fruit of God is busy pruning those branches. He's, he's working. He's doing things in us. He's changing us every day, daily, into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And that is a painful work for us in many aspects. But it's a fruitful work. It's a fruitful work. These Christians are to encourage each other and they're also to pray for each other. How often are we praying for one another? Do we know each other? Do we know each other's names? How often do we, in our quiet times, if we have quiet times, whatever that looks like, in your devotional times, how often are you lifting your fellow brothers and sisters? Not just here, but in other congregations, other movements in inverted commas, how often are we praying for, the, uh, for, for the, uh, our brothers and our sisters, our family? It's a good question. I ask myself. Paul continues, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. If believers are, to, uh, are of one mind, they can further the cause of Christ. If we are of one mind, determined together, united in one specific purpose, we can move things together uh, as we ought to. Uh, it won't be that difficult. Yes, it will still be difficult, but it won't be that difficult. Why? Because there's no division. We are moving together. When you fall, I lift you up. When I fall, you lift me up. It's not, oh, no, I don't like his opinion. I don't like his attitude whatever the case so he falls uh leave him let me get someone else and we carry on and i know we 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 help each other to uh, to get to the train station get to the train to the train station if a church is of many minds about the direction of the ministry the power of the ministry will be diluted diffused it will be a little less um, powerful. The fuse to light the dynamite of the gospel will go out. He says they're striving together. We are of one mind striving together. Their striving together is drawn from the Roman amphitheater. It was used for captives in combat, fighting for their lives. Now this would be called a strategic front in a war. The believer, you and I, is in a combat against divisive forces. We are constantly in a combat against divisive forces. Remember what Ephesians 6 verse 4 says? That our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. Not against flesh and blood. So my fight is not against you physically. My fight is not against the world that is not saved them physically. My fight is against principalities, dark forces that are amongst us, around us. But we are set apart, remember? But we have the power through Jesus Christ to cast down strongholds that are opposing this gospel of Christ. That is our job. We stand um, alone in our closet and we pray. We lift up our holy hands and we fight by proclaiming, by praying, by doing those things. We don't go out and get our guns and start 
after shooting people and clapping people and physically. No, we do those things in the spirit. In the spirit. Keeping the unity of the church is a gladiator. It's a it's a gladiatorial gladiators. Struggle. English is my eighth language. It means the life or death of the church. United we stand. Divided we fall. As a church, our primary focus, our primary thing is we need to be united. But we're not united with my good ideas or your good ideas. You're not united by the latest songs that are out there. You're not united by the greatest uh, movement and ideas that come from those. No, we are united by Jesus Christ and His way. His leading. His guiding. He's the conductor of this train. This train has a station to reach. We are part of this train. What is our role in this train? These Philippians have a common purpose. They have to have a common purpose. Just like you and I have to have a common purpose in this Christian life. A single determination to live for Jesus in this world. Are we, are we like that? Are we, do we think like that? Do we, do we operate like that? Are we determined to live every single situation that we've presented in our lives um, for Jesus Christ? Does the situation, the trials, the tribulations, how you handle it, does it bring glory to the one who you profess is your king? Does it bring glory to him who is your father, the one who provides for you, the one who cares for you, the one who loves you? Does it bring glory to him? Are you determined to live this life for him? These Philippians are to strive together. We as Christians today, we have to strive together. Strive together. The word, this word strive, implies the Christian life is a struggle. To strive together, it implies that this, this Christian life is a struggle. But the truth is, it is a struggle but not a defeated struggle. Not a a defeated struggle, but still a struggle. Because remember, there's oppositions. There are spiritual forces against us. Every corner you take, there's someone trying to block your way. Because of who you stand for and what you're called to do. So this Christian life is indeed a struggle. But we thank God in His Word. He says, when you, you yourself are weak, He is strong in you. Because our fight is not physical. Our fight is against um, the principalities that are out there. But we also know that the victory has been won. The victory has been won. Jesus Christ defeated all those that were opposing His mission. We just get to walk through it and enjoy the victory, the benefits of this of his victory. 
there is hardship to be endured, opposition to be faced, enemies to be resisted. Enemies to be resisted, even for us today. They are enemies to the Christian teaching. They are enemies to the Christian walk. There is the world and the flesh and the devil. The Christian life is not for idle and easy going. It's not just we remain. We've got to be active. But we don't, we're not active in, in, in combat by fighting each other. We're active in combat, in prayer, in our prayer closets, in, in lifting up the name of Jesus as he highlights things. We pray against so we We bind what needs to be bound and we loose, as Mark uh, Matthew 16 says to us, we loose the things that need to be loosed in the Spirit. That's where we get up our power our means to move forward. The Christian life is one that needs to be strived for. In there is striving to be done. And Paul asks that we should do it together. Don't strive by yourself. He would say to them, Don't strive by yourself, I would say to you. Don't strive by yourself, I say to myself. Strive together. Strive together. We must be united to strive together for the faith of the gospel. If Christians are to fight side by side, trust and cooperation are essential. To fight together for the faith of the gospel is foundational for an aggressive church. When I say aggressive, it's not like we're fighting like gladiators. In the spirit. That's where it is. That's where the, the fight is won and lost in the spirit first. The believer is to stand his ground as a champion of, for unity because it is the basis for advancing the gospel. The gospel is at stake because people are watching us. People are watching our every move. The non-believers, those who we are praying for to be saved, are watching us. And they are very quick to point fingers. Oh, but you say this about this God that you serve. But look at you. Look at your behavior. It does not correspond with the gospel of Christ. What you're telling me is not matching up to what you, your lifestyle, how you're living. We know this. A strategy of the devil is to divide and conquer. It's a strategy of the devil. If he can divide us, he will conquer us. So the opposite of that is that we mustn't be divided. We must be united. So that he won't conquer. Although the victory has been won by him who has called us. Churches are rendered ineffective because of the failure of Christians to get along. Are you fighting side by side 
with others to further the gospel? Or are you fighting side by side with others to, to uh, detract from what God has called us to do? Are you hampering the, 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 the message of Christ moving forward? Or are you advancing it because we are, we are united? Remember how this particular verse starts. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That in itself is a summary of how we should be living our lives every day. As, we, as you wake up, as you leave the, these premises today, is your behavior, your life, is it worthy? Is your conduct worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Tomorrow when you wake up, when you go to work, when you're facing your colleagues, is your conduct worthy of the gospel of Christ? Paul asked his friends and us this morning to live a life that matches what we believe. And also, he asked us to live a life of unity with each other. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Living each day, our lives have to glorify Him. So if we I believe we need to pray. We need to ask God for help in this in these areas because it's it's not easy because of our makeup, because of our temperament, because of we are our carnal self is forever wanting to overshadow the Spirit of God in us. And we've got to suppress it as it were. But you don't suppress it by by um, beating it up, you suppress it by praying to Christ, by feeding the, the, the spirit man in us. So we're going to pray. Uh, I'm going to certainly pray for me. God helps me that my life and my conduct in my life will be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And out of that, that I would be united with my fellow brothers and sisters. I pray that over us this morning.